When it comes to saving the planet, one social entrepreneur has been fighting the green fight for over 18 years. Along the way, Tom Zaki, founder of TerraCycle, has established a formidable reputation for recycling the non-recyclable. Working in 20 countries with major partners including consumer brands, municipalities, and manufacturers, TerraCycle has eliminated billions of pieces of waste from the landfill through various innovative platforms. And with another pioneering initiative just about to launch, it seems Zaki is just getting started. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change magazine. For those asking, my recently published book, also titled In the Business of Change, which profiles social entrepreneurs around the world and their lessons learned, can be found at your local bookstore, at Amazon, or on our website. On this special Earth Month podcast, we speak with Tom Zaki, who founded TerraCycle with a mission of eliminating the idea of waste. His company, TerraCycle, uses a variety of reuse, recycle, closed loop, and upcycle solutions, turning juice pouches into backpacks, granola wrappers into pencil cases, and dental products into playgrounds, among plenty of other things. In our conversation, Zaki offers a primer on recycling terminology and terms. He shares lessons on how to unlock scale and establish valuable corporate partnerships. And he gives us a glimpse into his latest initiative, Loop. The innovative circular shopping platform delivers products to consumers in reusable packaging and then collects, cleans, and refills them, appealing to the consumer's desire for sustainability as well as convenience. So I've been hearing quite a bit about TerraCycle lately. Um, good. You're, yeah, it's it's very good. It's exciting yeah. times. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a new initiative that I definitely want to get to, the Loop yeah. initiative, which we yeah. will talk about. But I um, cool. just want to take a few steps back first to sort of That's introduce good. what you're about, what you're doing. Because yeah. I was on your site earlier. You guys are doing so much stuff, um, yeah. the, the projects, the initiatives. Um, so I wanted, some people may not know much about uh, what's going on in it, and shame on them yeah. if they yeah. don't, but but let's give them a bit <laughs> of a But they may not, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, so so just a bit of a primer. When when did this start, and how did it... Well, the mission has always been exactly the same. It's never changed, which is to eliminate the idea of waste. That's mm-hmm. uh, how we began, and even where we are centered today, and we'll maintain as such. Um, how we get there started originally by making products from waste, uh, like uh, worm poop in a soda bottle was the very first thing, which is also available up in Canada. Um, nice. And, you know, yeah, in Home Depot, Walmart, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, we started effectively by being a product company, making products out of waste. And we grew, you know, for four after four years into about a $6 million business doing that. It was, you know, quite nice. Mm-hmm. But we realized that if we make the product the hero, which you would if you're de facto a product company, then you will always choose the very best ingredients. And even if those ingredients are technically waste, it's going to be the very best waste. So, you know, like certain types of organic waste to feed the worms and uncrushed soda bottles and, you know, the list goes on and on. And uh, so we uh, uh, realized that by doing that, we're not going to solve, you know, the issue. So we adjusted about four or five years in effectively abandoned everything we were doing before, I mean, phased it out, and moved to where we are today, Ah. uh, which is uh, we made the waste the hero. That's the critical shift. So we have five 
pillars, if you will, um, uh, you know, five business units or however you want to call them. Um, and the first, they all ask a question or, or, or deal with something. And the, the first pillar asks the question, is that object, which could be a package or a product, recyclable? Mm-hmm. And if it isn't, we set up national platforms to go out and collect and recycle that. And that's, in fact, what we're most known for uh, around the world today. If you type in the word TerraCycle, that's what the brand TerraCycle is known for. Right. And the big crux of it all is that what makes something not recyclable is it's not profitable to recycle it. And uh, so we find stakeholders, which could be brands, retailers, even small business, you name it, to effectively pay the economic gap. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it recyclable. Okay. You know, so, so that's what allows us to get the economics right, right. together make to make it, it recyclable. Yeah. And then right. we've got to figure out how to collect it and process yeah. it and off, off we go. That is um, uh, our first model. Our second model is not about making something recyclable, but instead integrating uh, re- uh, waste back into a product. Um, and there, you know, we, for example, run one of the largest supply chains in the world on ocean plastic uh, and collect ocean plastic all over the world and integrate it into uh, things like, uh, well, just most recently we launched in the U.S. with Herbal Essence, a bottle made from uh, from uh, uh, ocean plastic to um you know, to uh, dish soap, you know, to many other mm. things. Uh, but it's not just ocean plastic. It's any sort of unique raw material or waste that we get back into primary products. So that's our second major uh, uh, business unit. Our third is Loop, uh, which addresses waste at the root cause. You know, so it's all about, um, you know, how do we move away from which what we think is the root cause of waste, which is using something once, to uh, multi-use, and, uh, you know, and in that, what's the real exciting sort of crux is that it's not about reuse. It's about single use to multi-use because once you get to durable or multi-use, it becomes three things. Reusable, which is of course super cool, but also beautifully designed with luxury materials or high-end materials, as well as uh, potentially filled with new features and benefits that were otherwise not available. And then our fourth division, which is just coming now, it's it's sort of incubating, if you will, is our um, diagnostic division. That's sort of what's coming up. And that has the thesis of there are certain waste streams that carry uh, diagnosable uh, uh, samples. Um, so think um, the used motor oil in a motor oil container, the, uh, the cat urine the, uh, in, from kitty litter, or even yes. fecal matter on a diaper. You know, these are all diagnosable things that, you know, potentially, you know, someone can live a much healthier, better life uh, by knowing that information. And isn't it cool that that's all on your waist stream? Interesting. Okay. Um, So where does, of all, from all that, like, I'm just also trying to get into terminology. So you know how they always use the term and you Mm -hmm. use it on upcycle. So where does that come into play? No. So upcycling is only a part of our first division. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And basically the way to think about upcycling is, there are three circular things you can do with waste, three right. ways that you can circularly process. One is reuse, right. which in our first division, we do do reuse, you know, but more for electronics, for clothing, that sort of thing. Right. Noting that our third division loop is only about reuse. Okay. Um, the second thing you can do with waste, and reuse is where you value. This is important. The, 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 the material an object is made from, the form that material may be in, and the purpose of that material in that form. Mm-hmm. So that's reuse. Okay. Upcycling is where you value the material and the form, but not the purpose, like okay. sewing juice pouches into backpacks. It's still a juice pouch. It's now mm. just not to carry juice anymore. Okay. And then recycling is where you only value the material something is made from. Right, right. 
Right, that's the easiest way to sort of deconstruct. I was that. gonna no, that, that's good. And then one other thing I was gonna ask you in terms yeah. of terminology and definitions, Please. I just think it's important to get this out. Um, you use the term closed loop, and you, what would you mean by closed loop? Like you're, and so are let, you there yet? Yeah, absolutely. So, closed loop simply means the waste back into itself. Okay. So, and so a good example of uh, closed loop is, um, you know, uh, uh, recycling, let's say, classic recycling of aluminum cans back into aluminum cans. That would be closed loop. Another way to look at closed loop versus, um, and, and there's closed loop versus open loop. So let me say, so, so if you think about the progression of circular economy, you first start with a linear system and, right. and uh, you know, so you get that. Then the goal is to close the line into a circle, which tends to be a pretty big circle, and that tends to start with the recycling circle. Because um, that is the biggest circle. In other words, the most possible steps, right? Like just right. a lot of different steps that you must take to get it to go around. That the, the more steps, the worse, in effect, because the more chance of loss, you know, or degradation, or uh, as the more hands on it, right? And the more environmental cost and so on. That's called an open loop, because if you're Coke, and you put your aluminum can in one end, you have to buy back the aluminum on the other, right? Now, the goal of circular economy, again, is to go from a, a linear to circular. So that is mm -hmm. technically circular, but the next best is then you got to tighten the circle. And uh, that would be like going from a recycling loop or circle to a reuse circle. Mm -hmm. It's much tighter because there's just way less steps involved. The steps are, are uh, you know, make it much more environmentally friendly. Right. The fewer steps you have, it's sort of intuitive. Um, but it's also reuse, at least with loop, is a closed loop. Well, what I mean by that is that once you send back, say, your used Haagen-Dazs container and loop to us, and let's say one at some point it breaks, which you know, inevitably it will, nothing lasts forever, mm -hmm. Nestle, who made that Haagen-Dazs container, gets back the metal, the actual metal of that actual Haagen-Dazs container. And that's really important because then recycling, then turning that back into itself, like melting it down and forming another one, is actually... Not so hard. Got it. And in, uh, and in yeah. such a system, you can actually start recycling. You know, so that's why one of the rules of loop is that everything must be recyclable into itself. Okay, all the terminology. Um, yeah, all the academics. But, no, uh, it's, it's, I find it fascinating. And I think a lot of us, you know, who want to have these discussions, I think we're, we're sometimes we, we don't know, you know, we're, we're stuck on words and we're stuck on definitions. And I think to have yeah. a really good conversation and good discourse. Well, you know, on, one you of know. the challenges in this, to be yeah. very fair, is that people there isn't um, classes on it. It's not taught, right, you know, right. and yet, and I, I get, you know, who wants to have a garbage class, but man, I mean, it's one of the biggest topics out there in the sense of everything becomes garbage one day. It's a massive industry. Like Absolutely. there's way smaller topics that have classes on it that are way less relevant. It's sort of sad and, 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 uh, and, and, and unfortunate. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Another question, your, your business model. So, um, you know, what I love about, your work and other social entrepreneurs um, who, who are uh, for profit is that you know profit is not a bad word for you. You you do believe that there is you, you can you can run a, a very socially conscious business and still um, do well. Um, and and it's it's still to some people it's still a foreign concept. And I keep trying to push this idea because I think this is where it's really at in terms of business um, and what it can do and where we can take it. And so. Um, had the business model that you've established and how you're able to create a buy-in from companies with all these different uh, initiatives, tell me, how, how did that come about? Like, and, and were they always jumping on board as much as they are now? It seems like no, they're pretty supportive. No, 
they are. They are. It's been 15 years in the making, right? right? right. So all the classic things are there. You know, it took a lot and it was hard at the beginning, easy later. So let me not talk about the obvious. The most interesting sort of learning I can tell you is, and this, I see this in all the social entrepreneurs I, I, uh, I advise. Mm-hmm. Social entrepreneurs like to care about their topic because that's what they care about, right? right? Like, I yeah. totally get it. Um, and they tend to go into these organizations and say, hey, diaper company, you are responsible for 3% of landfills, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's all your negative, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I can help you take responsibility. And here's the bill, right, right to do so. Right. And they think to themselves, as I did, you know, um, shouldn't that be enough? And at best, you get a little contract that lasts not so long, right? The real lesson that unlocks scale in like a way that's unquestionable is not framing it in what you, the social entrepreneur, cares about, but what the company cares about and what the company understands. And that's not easy for social entrepreneurs to do because it's the things that they sort of put their nose up in the air about, like sell-through, margin, market share, you know. um, uh, uh, Those sort of things, you know, how to get an extra display at Walmart. You know, what social entrepreneur would even like want to talk about that? (laughs) It's sort of, you know, it's beneath them, right? Right. But that's what makes the world go round. Yes, yes. And so framing it in that way, Mm -hmm. like framing, you know, for example, collecting, you know, uh, using retailers to do in-store collection of recyclables, we frame in driving foot traffic. And you frame it like that, it takes off, really takes off. And that is so important because that's the secret sauce. And is that where you saw it sort of your business kind of take off in a bigger way when you were able yes. to find yes. that? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a very important point and, and everyone should be listening to that. Uh, the other ones, the, the other uh, folks you need buy-in from though, of course, are consumers and more so now that I want to ask you about this new initiative, The Loop, yes. Um, yes. which is your, your upcoming thing, which hasn't yes. even really launched yet. It it's launches getting a in lot Paris. Of... I know, Paris. right? Okay. Yeah. Paris on May 14, right. uh, New York, New Jersey, PA on May 21. Okay. Um, then London in uh, September, then Toronto, Germany, Japan, and West Coast US next year. Wow. Okay. So tell us about it and, and we'll discuss why now consumer buy-in is also important to the forward movement of this initiative. Um, Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, so basically the idea of Loop is to think about how do we solve waste at the root cause? And we believe the root cause of waste is using something once, right? We can argue that, but at least that's our belief. And uh, so it's not that plastic is bad or metal is bad and da-da-da-da-da. It's that using something once is not honoring the material, you know, and or the work that went into making that material exists, like mining it or whatever. And so the other sort of interesting thing is because that's, let's say that's the root cause of waste um, is disposability. It's also important to understand the virtue of disposability, which is affordability and convenience. Right. So important because every re- reuse model I've ever seen, whether it's uh, refill stations, whether it's buy bulk, fill yourself, whether it's packaging free supermarkets, they all elevate reuse as the, as the big virtue. But everything else is sacrificed. Convenience, uh, big time convenience, by the way, because you have to wash out this shit at home, you know, take it to a place and fill it. That's incredibly inconvenient. Um, it also sacrifices brands. Most brands don't participate. Big retailers don't because of quality control problems. Sacrifices complex products from ice cream to insect repellent. It's sacri- it sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice in exchange for the elevation of reuse. That's almost every sort of environmental thing out there tends to do that. Like put the, the sustainability thing on the pedestal, but sacrifice everything around the edge. So that's to put that as sort of a pin in that for a moment. And then the third pin, the sort of third macro thing to sort of keep in the back of your mind is, you know, when we own, when we buy a bottle of shampoo, we buy the shampoo, but we also de facto buy the bottle. Yet we don't really want to own it. So why should we own all this stuff we don't want to own? 
So now bringing it whole, full circle, Loop is about shifting ownership of the package from the consumer to the manufacturer, where since and it's not a problem because we don't want to own this stuff anyway. Um, uh, uh, whereby which the package becomes not a cost that the manufacturer wants to reduce, but an asset that they uh, you know that they want to keep around and make long lasting and durable. And by doing that, the packaging becomes not just reusable, which is a, a profound sustainability benefit. You know, it's up the hierarchy and a huge step from reduce, reuse, recycle. It's from recycle to or disposal to reuse, but also. Um, it brings about unparalleled uh, design, both the materials and how those materials are leveraged, as well as potentially new features. And that sort of brings about, it's not just about sustainability, it's about the future of consumption, right? That's the sort of thinking. So basically the way it you know, will, uh, will work you know, very soon when it launches is um, it's, it's starting with home care, personal care, and food products of all these big major producers, but also startups as well. You know, everyone's uh, allowed to be a part of it. And um, uh, imagine all your favorite products from your haagen ice cream to your Tide detergent and everything in between are uh, now in beautiful, durable uh, containers. And uh, now those products are then, then we partner with major retailers in each country. Right, so Tesco in the UK, Carrefour in France, and the North American retailers. We we have partnerships on. We're just only announcing those uh, uh, in May. Um, okay. It's just the way they want to, you know, um, announce it. It's their thing. So, um, so you can, you know, then buy Loop from those retailers, uh, e-com or or uh, online store, and then later their in their physical stores as well. And, uh, imagine now you get a durable section of the store of all your favorite products. And so, and if so, right now until it goes into the store, if people want to purchase certain products, um, they uh, of these loop products, they they have to go on their the retailer's site or your or loop yes. site. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they can anyone can get in line at loopstore.com. Okay. But for example, uh, loopstore.com in uh, uh, in May will be rebranded under the U.S. retailer's look and feel, uh -huh. and that's when the actual store goes live. Okay. So at the beginning. You'll be able to go to like, you know, that, let's say Carrefour, because I heard you talk about Carrefour. Carrefour's website. And when, you could do this today, Carrefour.fr. And when you uh, type in loop or, you know, click a promotional button if you were in, um, if you were in, uh, France, then, um, you go over to our website. Uh, and then you can, and that's all, you know, branded in their look and feel and so on. Okay. Then about six months later, it'll be actually available, available in their own, uh, website. Uh, you know, along with disposable products, and then about three months after that, also available in store. Okay. It's basically, and then two years after, when their exclusivity ends, it'll be available in most major French retailers. Got it. Okay. Right. Because uh, the goal of Loop is not to be a brand or a retailer, it's to be an engine, an engine for reuse on a massive scale. Okay. So to get the buy-in, first of all, from the, the the companies, the retailers that you spoke to, you have partnerships with at this point. Um, was that a, a, a big challenge for you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. All of yeah. this was, but it's one of those dominion. You know, like the first ones were really hard. P and G was the very first partner, right. and it was very difficult. But then the second one was progressively easier, and as you get more and more and more, it became progressively so easy that we're now like with our eyes closed signing up partners. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. Like almost every day, a new partner joins. And so, what what does it give them? Well, yeah. it's two. It's one is it's a it's a there is a waste crisis right now. All of are woke to it, and. It's not just a, a incremental sustainability solution, which is sort of like what everything has been so far, like a little more recyclable, a little bit more recycled. It's profound and it's easy to understand, you know, like they all consume, like people get, a five-year-old will get the concept of reuse, you know, um, so it's easy to understand. 
-hmm. It's profound. It's not, it's not incremental, but a full step change. But it's also, and this is the key, not just about sustainability. It's about the future of product. Right. I mean, you've, you've seen some of these loop packages. Have that, uh, have you seen images of them? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So even if you, you know, uh, as we, you know, sort of joking earlier, wear a red hat and come from the middle of the United States, hopefully you still dig these products. <laughs> yes. You sure. see my point? Like that, right. if, if I can get them, yeah. then I've won. Got it. Because if I get, you know, every, the, the ones who are, you know, the, the super green, you know, people in Berkeley, we're going to get them anyway. <laughs> I'm really not worried about that. And right. what I'm worried about is the unengaged. Right. Well, that's a good point because the unengaged are, you know, it just as important to get to convince them to change their their um, consumption. And I, I'd also wonder if maybe even more so. Right, right. Not yeah. just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not just by the way. It's it's actually central, probably important, vital. Yeah. 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 Um, but but a, so so interesting. You the retailers. It took them a while to get them to to um, jump on board. It took some now time. Say, it took some time. Okay, and yeah. now they're they're happy to do it, uh, or seemingly so. Um, and what about consumers? I mean, I, we talked about them just a second ago. But I, but I'm wondering that well, that here's, will here's mean view, different. Yeah, here's the view on consumers. Is I'd yeah. say, look, consumers are addicted to three things, and I say this as one of. Yeah. We're addicted to convenience, affordability. And the cool, you know, better, you know, right. then better could be anything, new feature, new thing, new whatever, right? Whether right. it's important or not, just better, right? <laughs> so those are what we're addicted to. And yeah. notice, not, I didn't say the word sustainability. No. No. So we have to, so the, the more we can democratize loop, which means the more we can be those three things to you, or better than what you have today, the more we win. Mm-hmm. And that is our fierce belief here is it's about being fiercely convenient. In fact, you know, we proudly don't want you to wash out the loop package and we want to throw it mixed, no sorting, no washing <laughs> back into the container like garbage. Treat it like waste, you know, right. and then you are un and then the sustainability, which is profoundly more than recycling, is unconscious to you. And that is. Is the, is the guiding principle of the entire organization here on this is that it's so, for example, people have said, well, you know, should we like on a spray bottle, have the consumer keep the spray top at home and then send back the bottle? We'll clean the bottle, refill it and send it back. And it's like, no, no, throw the whole thing out, you know, and get a new. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. fiercely convenient. Right. Because frankly, that's the way the world is. And yeah. let's play into it. Let's not pretend it's something it isn't. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Bernal.